welcome to our podcast from the Episcopal Diocese of Central Pennsylvania as we explore the way of love, practices for a Jesus-centered life. I'm Audrey Scanlon, the Bishop of Central Pennsylvania, and it's my privilege to interview people from around our region on how they're practicing and living into the way of love. So the seven practices of the way of love, as we remember them, are turn, learn, pray, worship, bless, go, and rest. Today we have Barbara Hutchinson joining us to talk about the practice of rest and how it's drawn her closer to Jesus. So welcome to you, Barbara. Thank you. It's good to have you with us. Thank you. Um, Why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? Well, my name is Barbara Hutchinson, and I am a priest who joyfully serves the parish of St. Andrews in Shippensburg. That's great. So I know that you've been doing a little bit of work with the Way of Love at St. Andrews. What specifically have you been doing? Well, we have begun with our leadership, with our vestry members, and we are now practicing the Way of Love in that each vestry member takes a month to begin the vestry meeting. And in that time, we'll describe the particular spiritual practice and how it relates to their life, and then give us a spiritual practice within that in order to live through. And so we are helping our vestry members build their own rule of life. And so we've just begun that, and it's it's very transformational to hear people who are the leaders in the church really embrace and to understand how they actually live into this. So we, for instance, I have modeled it by doing a discussion on blessing because Mm -hmm. I just preached on compassion with the prodigal son. And then we did a 10-minute loving kindness meditation. So we try to actually engage in the practice as Mm -hmm. well as understand what it's about. And so we're hoping, of course, that our vestry members will take this into each of the meetings that they go into. So do they get to pick which practice to talk about they do and, and they all picked ones? a different one oh, they did that worked okay. out really well and then we you know there's those wonderful small resource books mm-hmm. and so we gave i had gotten those so we everybody had one of those to read and to think about in advance that's so great. It worked out really well and i'm preaching on it for my easter sermon the way of love so the way of love as you've talked about it has been given to us as a rule of life yes um, do you have a rule of life that you followed before the way of love? or And if you did, how have you incorporated it? Well, it was a wonderful question. I do have a rule of life, and I find my rule of life changes. And so it was actually very helpful for me to write down what I understood were the practices that helped me order my life mm-hmm. so that Jesus can be at the center of it. So I wrote down all of my practices, and then I categorized them based on the seven practices of the way of love. And it was fascinating to me because I found that they were actually fairly equally distributed. Hmm. So I have about three spiritual practices for each of the practices of the way of love. Do you have a spreadsheet, Barbara, on this? (laughs) Of course I do, Audrey. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, I do. So it was fascinating to me. And I found that there were particular places where my energy is really strong, Mm -hmm. my spiritual energy. Mm -hmm. So which places were those? Well, I found where I want to live all the time is in the turn, in the conversion piece. 
both in terms of myself always being oriented that way, but to really create the opportunities in the parish for that to happen. And our Wednesday night adult formation give us that opportunity. Mm. That's where the spirit is so alive. Mm -hmm. And when we did our vestry retreat, we also looked at all of our ministries to see what's really cooking with the spirit. And that's where our energy is. Mm. So I found that the worship and the prayer and the bless were the really foundational pieces of my life. That's what I need to do mm -hmm. so that I can be open to the turn. So then it sounds like some of the other ones might be more challenging for you, like go or um, what else have you not mentioned? Rest, perhaps, which is why you're here to talk to us. <laughs> That's right. It is a challenge to me. Well, go is the most challenging. Mm -hmm. And I thought about that a lot. And... There are places, I think because I'm idealistic to think that we can easily cross boundaries, that I'm really drawn to do it, okay. and I imagine it's easier than it really is. When I was thinking of the seven practices and people around our diocese who might connect better one way or the other to a particular practice, when I got to rest, I thought immediately of you. Yes. And I know why I thought of you, and I think I explained it to you a little bit, but I'd love for you to share your story uh, with the people that are listening to this podcast because it's, I think, very profound. So how did, how did you come to rest, Barbara? Well, this past summer I was injured, and I was injured in a rather bizarre way. And I was injured while I was hiking, and I was attacked by a rabbit fox. And in that attack, not only had the rabies in the wounds, I ruptured my Achilles tendon. Mm. And so suddenly I was really incapacitated that I was called into physical rest really abruptly. Mm. And it was very inconvenient <laughs> and it was very difficult. And it really, in many ways shattered the way I imagined my life for mm -hmm. those next three months. Mm -hmm. And I realized very early on that physical rest does not necessarily promote spiritual rest unless you really mm -hmm. work at it. In fact, more often than not, I think phys enforced physical rest mm -hmm. leads to spiritual unrest. At least it did for me. Because I found as I was called to sit in my recliner chair for weeks, I was full of resistance and anxiety and a sense of just pushing a lot of negative energy out. Mm. And um, that was really hard. I also was supposed to go to Ireland, and I wasn't able to do that. So there was a certain amount of both resentment and bitterness. Mm -hmm. So my enforced rest really got my soul in unrest. And that was a very hard thing to manage. And luckily, God um, revealed pretty early on to me I had to let go of that. You know, I had to really let go of the negativity because that wasn't helping me and it wasn't attaching me to what God was already doing. So what I found most profound is that I found rest to be a yielding to what God was already doing within my body hmm. and within my soul. I don't think I've ever been so aware of how connected our bodies and our souls are. 
So even though the body is at rest does not mean our soul is at rest. And there was additional spiritual work that I had to do in order to make that happen. The first thing I had to do was realize that I wasn't in control. And that, of course, is really mm -hmm. hard. And to me, it really relates to the difference between saying, I will fit God into my life, as opposed to finding God in my, that God is my life, and I fit the rest into it. So it's easy to say, I will take those 20 minutes when they best fit in my day right. to pray rather than finding mm -hmm. God interrupting my life and going with that. So I had to really learn that, that there was um, something else going on that I had to yield to. I also had to learn how to remove the resistance. And God made that really clear, so I had no choice but to say, mm -hmm. okay, that's done. You know, I have to just stop thinking of what I can't be doing. And I also found that the rest is such an internal thing that we have to work on with God, but we are invited into it by other people. So the next day after my injury, one of our parishioners came out who's an incredibly healer, and she came out and prayed with me. And she prayed an amazing prayer, certainly for my physical healing and for the people caring for me and all of that. And she prayed that, she prayed for creation, which holds disease and brokenness as we do. And in that prayer, she invited me into what my spiritual work was so that my soul could come to rest. That it was nature that healed me after my mother died. And so that which healed me now hurt me. And I had to come to figure that out. I had to understand how God was in both of those pieces. And that was my spiritual work. And until I addressed that, my soul couldn't be at rest. So was that sort of a spiritual aha moment for you, or was that visit and that prayer something that kind of yielded over time into an acceptance for you? It was an aha moment that when Lisa prayed those words, I was both so astonished of her insight and her ability to read my heart in a way that I didn't at that point in time. And so I think um, for, I would say, living into that took me a bit. Mm -hmm. But I knew from that moment that was the work that I had to do. And um, so that, that sense that others really invite you into the work. And through resting, through the physical rest, which then ultimately led to my spiritual rest, what I understood more than anything was the value or the really the function of prayer. So suddenly I had lots of people praying for me, mm. and it was so much mm -hmm. grace. And what I understood was that prayer actually opens the space within me to yield to what God is already doing. So I was able to, through other people's prayers, rest, because I could yield to the healing that was already happening. Could, could you feel yourself being carried by those prayers? Absolutely. I mean, there, it was so clear. I don't think I've ever felt that before in such a strong way, maybe at ordination, when there's so many people from so many parts of your life right. that gather together to really acknowledge this new piece of your life and your being. But this was equally strong. It was the sense that I was both being carried, but it was also that it was opening my heart. 
So it wasn't a passive caring. Mm -hmm. It was an actually kind of stretching open my heart so that I could understand what God was actually doing within me. And by doing that, I actually figured out how to cooperate with God with my healing. So I suddenly became very aware of what my body was doing. And as it was healing, like I knew when it was healed, which was several weeks before I got my cast off. But I knew my leg was healed hmm. then. How, well, how did you know that? Well, because I, I just, well, partly I just knew it. <laughs> but I knew it, I think because I had been come so attuned to that what my body was doing, my soul was doing. So if I'm in touch with my soul, I know what my body is up to. And I could actually feel and engage in and support the healing in my leg. And so it just suddenly felt strong. It felt done. It felt healed. Um, it was very profound to be able to have that awareness of what was going on. And I, I really attribute it to, to other people's prayers and their care and their concern for me um, and aware of the energy in my body. So you had a real integration experience. Yes. Which in some of our um, Christian doctrine or theology is, is something that we pray to achieve, and yet so few of us actually get there. <laughs> well, that's right, and it often takes trauma like yeah. this. I would never have known yeah. how integrated the body and the soul and the mind and the heart are if I hadn't done this. Mm -hmm. So... One of the questions I wanted to ask you earlier about the way of love in general, but we can answer it in, in reference to this experience that you've had, is how the way of love or the really traumatic incident that you described, how has that changed your relationship with Jesus? I see Jesus more profoundly in community in a way that I didn't before. Mm. I understand, I think I've always understood that Jesus is about healing. And this experience drew me inward so that I could find within me the healing that is already going on. So it's not something that I invite necessarily because God is already wanting to do that. But I think our work or my work as a Christian was to find that within me and embrace it and engage it. Mm -hmm. So the sense of the living Christ within is so much stronger for me now. Sure. I used to think of my body as that which supports my ministry, but it is also my ministry mm -hmm. in a very different way. Mm -hmm. And the ability to rest, which as I said was to me was yielding. It's all about yielding to what God is already doing. So the prayers weren't asking God to do something that wasn't already happening, but it opened, it expanded my ability to embrace it. Yeah. And in order to do that, you have to get rid of your resistance and your negativity, which seems much easier to go into. Right. <laughs> and I don't know why. Why is it so much easier to be negative than to embrace healing? I don't know. That's a great question. I don't know. It's a great question. So one of the things um, that I know about other people I've known who have been injured is, is this sense of the sudden need for dependency on others. And I think of you, Barbara, as one of the more competent and independent, strong people that I know. 
So what was it like to be, you know, toes up on a sofa for weeks at a time in terms of not just your personal relationship with God or Jesus or this wonderful integration of body and soul and spirit that you talk about, but just needing somebody else to make you a sandwich or do the laundry? It was very challenging, and that clearly was part of my resistance. From the very beginning, because I like to be independent, I was very clear that I would do as much as I possibly could. Mm -hmm. But by the end of the day, you're really tired. And I was on a scooter, and it was hard to move around, and it was irritating. And and learning to be able to accept that was really hard. Um, Learning to be able to to really be disabled, to move around in the church with assistance was mm-hmm. very difficult for me. It challenged um, it challenged my idea of how to be a leader, how to be a faithful leader, how to be yeah. a priest. Um, that was really, that was very difficult. And then I guess that's part of the yielding, you know, that it is mm-hmm. both yielding to what your body is doing and what your body is needing. Every night I would go to bed and I would be so grateful that I'm one day closer to being able to walk because right. I saw that as the goal, and it mm-hmm. is, and it was, mm-hmm. and I'm so happy I can walk. And I learned to be able to be thankful that I was able to give my body a day of rest. And that really shifted things for me because that accepted this as who I am right now, and it wasn't a less than. And I had to learn that rest wasn't an absence of mm-hmm, doing things mm-hmm. and being things and yes. going and all of that, but it was actually the presence of God in a really profound way. Yes. And so, of course, I saw God in the faces of my husband and the people who offered to drive me and to all the wonderful people who did things for me. And more than that, their acceptance that this is who I am. I mean, St. Andrews is an amazing parish. And I knew from the beginning that they would not, that I was not there to be a performance, that if I wasn't able to be a fully bodied priest, that wasn't going to be a problem for them. Whereas I think in some churches it might be that you're kind of expected to kind of be on show. Mm -hmm. Well, I knew St. Andrews was not that way. And that gave me a lot of confidence to be able to do that. Um, And they were able to make the accommodations they needed to. And and it was still hard. Yeah. Yeah. I was very glad when I could take a shower all by myself. I'm sure. I have a friend who broke her leg once, and she sat for weeks at at a time in her bedroom looking out the window. And at the end of this long period of time, she said to me, I got to watch the grass grow. (laughs) And it was something she had never seen before. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's the maybe the uh, bonus side of it all. So... One of the questions I've been having a little bit of fun with, with the different people we've been interviewing, is is inviting them to imagine in almost an Ignatian sort of way that if Jesus showed up this morning in our little podcast studio, if he sauntered into the room, what what do you think you might want to tell him about your ordeal? Well, I think what I'd like to tell Jesus about rest, because my ordeal taught me how to deeply rest, was that Jesus was really right. 
Hmm. We really do need to go away and rest. We really do need to be made whole and to be restored. And we can only do that with our own self and our time away and our ability to, to get beyond ourselves. And so Jesus was right every time he went away. It was a wonderful model to show us. And I think what I would add, which I think Jesus opened up to us in the Eucharist, is that it happens so much more faithfully in community. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought, you know, Jesus didn't have the people around him mm-hmm. like we do to really support us and pray with us and hold us and invite us to open our hearts. His disciples fell asleep. Yes, right. <laughs> He didn't get what I was offered. Mm -hmm. And so that made me feel sad that that was the case. And yet it showed me that that people, it is other people who provide the insight and the invitation and help us find our place of trueness in what can be a real spiritual challenge to learn how to really rest deeply. You know, because we're in the middle of Holy Week right now, that's one of the things I've been praying about and reflecting on is the loneliness that Jesus must have felt, not just in the garden, but through the whole whole course of events. Um, One of the scholars that I was reading talked about his entrance into Jerusalem as an act of glorious defiance and superlative courage. And yet he did that. I mean, he did it with a whole bunch of people with him, but he, did was, it he was the only guy on the on the donkey. He was. He was. So. Well, thank you so much You're for welcome. joining us. Thank you. I've been offering prayers at the end of each of our sessions, and so let me share the prayer for rest from the Way of Love intercessions. Lamb of God, in your death, you destroyed death and taught us the way of eternal life. Compel us to daily die to self and rest in your grace. May all who have died, especially those whom we love, rest in peace and rise in glory. We pray, Jesus, guide us in your way, the way of love. Amen. Amen. Amen.